And the Oscar goes and to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar to... goes to... My only object in being here is to try and get at the truth. What shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I could have been a contender. Fasten yourself. I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm gonna make him an offer. Yeah. All real man. Love is, is love. too weak a word. Stay back. I, I, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I did as you Don't laugh! If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV! Respect it and validate it. Remember that's what you told me? It's time, Robbie! Welcome to the Next Best Picture Podcast. And the Oscar goes to The Shape of Water. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 130 of the Next Best Picture Podcast. Time of recording is 11.06 a.m. on February 17th, 2019. One week away from the 91st Academy Awards. This is our final Oscar predictions episode. We are also going to announce the winners of the 2018 MVP Film Community Awards and talk about a couple of other topics as well. It's a jam-packed episode here. Probably the most important episode of the year for us because this is the one let me tell you what we finally sort out what we are predicting to win next week at the oscars here to help me do it i have will mavity hi guys i also have michael schwartz hello everyone josh parm oh hello cody derricks merry christmas eve (laughs) and liam heffernan hello Hey, all right. So, Liam, thank you so much for joining us over from the UK, my friend. Uh, This is, like I said before, this is going to be a very, very jam-packed episode. I'm happy to have such a wide, uh, you know, range of opinions here. Hopefully, we can sort through some of these more difficult categories, work through it, and come up with a consensus on some of these. It's going to be... Well, it's going to be a lot. Uh, let's put it that way. But I just want to just bring up a couple of quick things before we get into the action first and foremost here. I actually want to do uh, some quick housekeeping things with the polls and, of course, with the MVP Film Community Awards winners. Uh, and then uh, after the Oscars are over, I will then announce our personal winners for the MVP Film Awards here voted on by the staff of Next Best Picture. But today is all about the community. Today is all about the fans. Everyone's listening to hear our Oscar predictions. They want to know their winners that they selected here as the best of 2018. This episode is, you know, pretty much first and foremost for all of you. So, getting all that out of the way, why don't we first start off with the big news that happened actually over the week. I was prepared to come on to this episode, all hellfire and brimstone, ready to curse, swear, yell. I think I might have broken my microphone. I was going to plead so hard with the Academy to make sure that they would present all 24. And then, Will, tell everybody what happened. They backed down after saying adamantly they wouldn't. They backed down. Because John Bailey, there's a wonderful article by Ann Thompson on IndieWire that you should read. Uh, All of you should read if you haven't. That kind of explains how this happened. Where some of the same people who had fallen in line behind Bailey, including his own branch of cinematographers, all of a sudden were like, wait, screw you, and rebelled. 
So it's 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 fascinating. We are getting all 24 categories, people. It's going to be all presented live during the ceremony, like the past, as always. Really, really, honestly, when you think about it, the only difference is now with this year's Oscars, when we thought that this would be so... F- fundamentally different than anything that came before it is we're not going to have a host still and the show i think even despite putting the four categories back live on the air they're still committed to the three-hour runtime as far as i know Uh, i've heard that they're going to go over now and that came from a source in variety wow really yeah there's no way they could do it and i think the idea they were trying to debut immediately after yeah well apparently i heard someone say on twitter that there was a a uh, preview for that on ABC, maybe it was Friday or Saturday. And the date that they're listing is now, I think, the Wednesday after the Oscars. Ooh. And I know some people have been saying, like, the 2011 ceremony that was held in 2012, so when the artist won, people were saying, oh, that was three hours and 15 minutes. There's no reason you uh, have to go over that. But we have to remember, at that ceremony, they didn't do any of the song performances. Mm. So, yeah, they had all the categories presented. That even without the songs, it still went a little over three hours. So I don't see how you can do an Oscar telecast with all 24 categories and songs and other bits and not have it under three and a half hours. I I just want to put forward maybe a bit of a compromise because I do have a feeling that when we get around to next year's Oscar telecast, I think we're going to run into similar problems that we came up with this year. More changes are going to be proposed. They're still going to try, I think. Um, I think they'll be smarter about the decisions that they make, and hopefully they won't have to back down uh, from them. But if I may be so bold to put forward uh, my own suggestion of what I would do if I was in their shoes. I would take out throughout the night. You know how they do like the sprinkled, oh, here is uh, the cast of Black Panther to present the nomination for Black Panther for Best Picture. And then they do a speech and they play a little video clip. They haven't done that in a couple of years. But if they do decide to do that, that's something that should go right away. Um, they should just, you know, have the best picture nominees presented when the best picture award comes up. Like you don't need to do that throughout the evening. That's one. Two, Chris Tapley proposed this. I actually am in favor of it. I think I would move the shorts to its own ceremony on a different night, just like the governor's awards. Yeah. It's about time for that. And to make it so that it doesn't seem so like they're so, um, secluded, like excluded from the group, so to speak, I would even add maybe some more categories to reward, maybe music in a short, cinematography, editing. This way, all all aspects of the shorts can get their proper due, and it really does become its own thing. And, you know, if that's three awards then on the night that you don't have to worry about, and it's, it's, it's a suggestion. And if you add more categories, I think people would be more okay with it because that's the, that's what this all came down to, right? People felt like they were being brushed aside and the awards weren't as important and people felt disrespected and very upset by it. Yeah, I think they need to make some sort of reform regardless of the direction they go in next year. And I just want to clear something up because I was someone who wasn't opposed to this idea of moving the categories around and having a truncated version at the end. But at the same time, in no way, shape, or form, and I'm now disappointed that we're having all 24 on the show, I personally like a lengthy Oscar telecast. But at the same time, I'm thinking about what the Academy needs to do in order to stay alive in these coming years. And they find themselves still between a rock and a hard place. So I'm not sure if their original plan to air the four categories during a commercial break was a good one or not. But I don't think it necessarily would have hurt them to at least try and see what happened with it. Because these categories still would have been streamed live in the moment and then added to the telecast again at the end. 
So some of us would have been seeing them twice. And even if that wasn't the way to go, it, I think there were some misconceptions about what it was. And the biggest problem was how John Bailey and the Academy presented it from a PR standpoint. Oh, yeah, totally agreed. Uh, what I will also just say, uh, just to close out this matter, um, is... I want to send a heartfelt thank you to Amanda Spears, who started the hashtag present all 24, uh, which caught on like wildfire and everybody was then spreading it all throughout the Internet. And this is just a great example where all of our voices kind of came together to bring about something that I think is a positive change. And so I want to just collectively to everyone out there who said something, tweeted something, wrote something in, called the Academy's office, just a heartfelt thank you for preserving nearly a hundred years of tradition. Um, I was going to say, I don't, not to rehash an old argument and we probably should stop talking about this because it's, you know, done. But I just don't, I don't think that, you know, cutting four categories is going to bring in another what 10 million viewers however much they want i just That's don't see the start it's, it's like a cognitive dis- dissonance and as to what the audience wants versus what they're giving us well and i also this uh, th- i will say this um i have a feeling tell me if you all agree or disagree i think the ratings are still going to go down this year but I think it's going to be significantly less of a drop. And I think the reason for that is two things. One, the Oscars have gotten a lot of publicity (laughs) over the last couple of days because of this whole thing. That's number one. And number two, we also can't deny the fact that Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Panther, A Star is Born, and a few others are nominated for some major awards. And that does play a factor, I think. Absolutely, it does. You know, it might even go up a little point or two. Who knows? But even if these changes didn't do anything, I think with presenting four categories during a live stream online, you know, it may have been that that was something that the Academy wanted to test out and see how it plays on streaming or Disney Plus in the future. I don't know if it was about trying to bring in more people to the telecast as much as it was about getting people to realize this is something we could watch online and maybe in five, 10 years implement a system where it's exclusively on streaming. Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, we're going to now uh, at this point present all, I don't even know how many categories it is. We're now going to announce the MVP film community award winners here on the show for everyone. Uh, these were voted on by the fans of nextbestpicture.com. And I'm very, very proud of uh, everyone that honestly shared the post, that voted on the post. I mean, like this is this was a really great crop of nominees and the winners too are, in my opinion, Rather surprising in some cases. So let me get into it right away. Uh, This way we can then move on to our final Oscar predictions for the Academy Awards. Uh, Best Overlooked Film nominees were American Animals, Blind Spotting, Leave No Trace, Private Life, and Searching. The runner-up, Private Life. And the winner was American Animals. Yes, very happy. Best Sci-Fi Horror Film nominees are Annihilation, Hereditary, Mandy, A Quiet Place, and Suspiria. Runner-up, Hereditary, and the winner was A Quiet Place, No Annihilation. No, Suspiria, my number one of the year. Yeah. Comedy film, nominees were Crazy Rich Asians, Eighth Grade, The Favorite, Game Night, and Sorry to Bother You. Runner-up, Crazy Rich Asians, and the winner was The Favorite. 
pretty, pretty expected. For best action film, uh, nominees are Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther, Mission Impossible Fallout, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and Widows. Runner-up, Avengers Infinity War. And the winner is Black Panther. For visual effects, Annihilation, Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther, First Man, and Ready Player One. Runner-up, Black Panther. And the winner, Avengers Infinity War. Little flip-flop action there. Sound mixing. First Man, Mission Impossible Fallout, A Quiet Place, Roma, A Star is Born. Runner-up is First Man, and the winner is A Star is Born. Good job. And no Bohemian Rhapsody nominated. I don't know why we can get it right, but everyone else can't. <laughs> uh, to be fair, the mix, I did just rewatch yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Is, yeah. is good in that movie. It, it is, yeah. I, I, will, I will concede. I will. Begrudgingly in my personal nominees. Let me, let me say, one, just so we can all say this, one nice thing that's going to happen when Bohemian Rhapsody wins sound mixing so we can find an upside in all this is that Paul Massey has been nominated like nine times and never won, and he's finally going to win an Oscar. So let's, let's have an upside to that. Yeah, I mean, you've profiled him before, Will, in a couple of your posts, so uh, that'll be no- one name to knock off this year, at least. <laughs> People with the most nominations that don't have an Oscar already. So right. that'll be great. Right. Sound editing. Black Panther, First Man, Mission Impossible Fallout, A Quiet Place, and Roma. Runner-up is A Quiet Place. Winner is Black Panther. Hmm. For best song. All the stars from Black Panther always remember us this way from A Star Is Born. I'll Never Love Again from A Star Is Born. Shallow from A Star Is Born. And Suspirium from Suspiria. Runner up. Always remember us this way from A Star Is Born. And the winner is. Say it all together now. Sha la 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 la. Sha la la la. <laughs> I was hoping it'd be Always Remember Us This Way. It's a better Me too. Song, people. Thank you. Totally is. That's I a crazy, shallow. awesome nominees lineup. Good job, listeners. Although I was at dinner party last night and they had Pandora on and all of a sudden Shallow comes on. I'm like, oh, this song is like everywhere now and not just in film Twitter. And it's a Grammy winner, too. Yeah. Uh, for best original score, nominees are Black Klansman, Black Panther, First Man, If Beale Street Could Talk, and Isle of Dogs. Runner up is First Man. And the winner is If Beale Street Could Talk. For production design, we have Black Panther, The Favorite, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. Runner-up, Black Panther. Winner, The Favorite. For makeup and hairstyling, Black Panther, The Favorite, Mary Queen of Scots, Suspiria, and Vice. Runner-up, we're flip-flopping them, is The Favorite, and the winner is Black Panther. Honestly, Black Panther should have gotten that makeup nomination. Yep. It still kind of oh, kills yeah. me. Yeah. Imagine if the nominees this year for makeup were the favorite Black Panther and Vice. Just imagine. I'm actually okay with the favorite not making the short list just because some of the prosthetics work and the other stuff was more impressive. But yeah, Black Panther missing there is just absurd. And in a perfect world, we would have had Suspiria too. Well, yeah. The MVP film community came through for Black Panther, at least, so we could take comf- uh, we could take uh, you know comfort in that. 
For film editing, nominees are The Favorite, First Man, Mission Impossible Fallout, Roma, and Widows. The runner-up is The Favorite. And the winner is Roma. Really? Wow. Yep. Wow. I was hoping for First Man. One less shot. Uh, me too. That was a good win, though. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Like, Roma's editing actually is very impressive. Like, that whole beach scene is, like, three or four shots that are stitched together. It's very, That's very impressive. Amazing. That's incredible. Best costume design. Nominees are Black Panther, Crazy Rich Asians, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, and Mary Queen of Scots. Your runner-up is The Favorite, and the winner is Black Panther. Correct. I hope that wins the mm-hmm. Oscar. Me too. Yeah. I, think I mean, I love the costumes in the favorite. Don't get me wrong, but Black Panther's costumes, I think, are like legendary status. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like Sandy Powell is great, but what Ruth Carter did is just amazing too. Cinematography nominees are The Favorite, First Man, If Beale Street Could Talk, Roma, and A Star Is Born. The runner-up is A Star Is Born, and the winner is Roma. For documentary, nominees are Free Solo, Minding the Gap, RBG, Three Identical Strangers, and Won't You Be My Neighbor. The runner-up is Free Solo, and the winner is Won't You Be My Neighbor. At least our voting body has a heart. (laughs) Foreign film, nominees are Burning, Cold War, The Guilty, Roma, and Shoplifters. Runner-up, Cold War. Winner? Well, of course, it's Roma. (laughs) I mean, could you imagine? Uh, Guilty. (laughs) Animated film. Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The runner-up is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And the winner is Incredibles 2. Hey, they got it right in my opinion. Me too, Michael. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared that outcome happens at the Oscars. Me too. I would be uh, delighted. We'll talk more about that in a minute. For adapted screenplay, nominees are Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, A Star Is Born, and Widows. We have a tie for the runner-up. Liter- literally thousands of votes, and there was a tie. I, I was like in shock. Wow. Black Klansmen and Can You Ever Forgive Me are the runners-up, and the winner is If Beale Street Could Talk. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Original screenplay. Nominees are Eighth Grade, The Favorite, First Reformed, Roma, and Sorry to Bother You. The runner-up is The Favorite, and the winner is Roma. Hmm. Wait, original screenplay? Yep. Wow. For debut director, nominees are Ari Aster for Hereditary, Bo Burnham for Eighth Grade, Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, Carlos Lopez Estrada for Blind Spotting, and Boots Riley for Sorry to Bother You. Runner up is Ari Aster for Hereditary, and the winner is Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born. And now for director, nominees are 
Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, Barry Jenkins for If Beale Street Could Talk, Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite, Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Your runner-up is Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, and your winner is Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. For breakout performance, Yalitzia Aparicio for Roma, Cynthia Arrivo for Bad Times at the El Royale, Elsie Fisher for Eighth Grade, Thomas and McKenzie for Leave No Trace, and John David Washington for Black Klansman. Your runner-up is John David Washington for Black Klansman. And the winner is Yalitzia Aparicio for Roma. Yay! For best voice performance, Josh Brolin in Avengers Infinity War, Brian Cranston in Isle of Dogs, Holly Hunter in Incredibles 2, Jake Johnson in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Shamiak Moore in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and Ben Wishaw for Paddington 2. The runner-up is Josh Brolin in Avengers Infinity War. And the winner is Holly Hunter in Incredibles 2. Hmm. Interesting. A little too much Incredibles 2 love going on here. People love those movies, though. Uh, For best youth performance, Elsie Fisher in 8th grade, Thomas and McKenzie, Leave No Trace, Millie Shapiro for Hereditary, Militia Simmons for A Quiet Place, and Amendla Stenberg for The Hate You Give. The runner-up is Elsie Fisher in 8th grade. And the winner is Militia Simmons for A Quiet Place. Wow. Mm. For Best Supporting Actress, nominees are Amy Adams for Vice, Elizabeth Debicki for Widows, Regina King if Beale Street Could Talk, Emma Stone in The Favorite, and Rachel Vice in The Favorite. The runner-up is Amy Adams in Vice. And the winner is Emma Stone in The Favorite. Ooh. <laughs> Cataway fraud, but ooh. Well, at least it's some different results that we've been seeing, so I'm yeah. happy about that. Uh, for supporting actor, Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Elliott for A Star Is Born, Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther. The runner-up is Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther, and the winner is Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me. Yet another prize to add to his mantle. Best Actress, Yalitzia Aparicio for Roma, Tony Collette in Hereditary, Olivia Coleman in The Favorite, Elsie Fisher in Eighth Grade, and Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born. The runner-up is Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born. I know where this is going. And the winner is Tony Collette in Hereditary. How many times did you vote, Matt? <laughs> not, not once, I swear to God. We have our own awards for that, so I'm okay. <laughs> and she's nominated there too, so. <laughs> Best Actor, Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper in A Star Is Born, Ethan Hawke in First Reformed, Ryan Gosling in First Man, and John David Washington for Black Klansman. The runner-up, is Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. And the winner is Ethan Hawke in First Reformed. Oh, very good. You know, I was sure that we were still going to have Timothy Chalamet holdover votes from last I year. I know. Brought us to the win. For Best Ensemble, Black Panther, Crazy Rich Asians, The Favorite, If Beale Street Could Talk, and Widows. The runner-up is The Favorite. 
and the winner is Black Panther. And finally, the best picture of 2018 voted on by the NBP film community with thousands, literally thousands of votes, like the highest turnout we've ever had. Your nominees for best picture are Black Klansman, Eighth Grade, Hereditary, The Favorite, First Man, First Reformed, If Beale Street Could Talk, Roma, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and A Star is Born. The runner-up is Roma. Wow. Mm. <laughs> and the winner is A Star is Born. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, so we give it to A Star is Born here, and it doesn't pick up actor or actress? Nope. So what did it take? Just picture and song? It won sound mixing. Sound. Yeah. Sound Debut mixing. director. Debut director, picture, and song. Okay. So the full breakdown... Uh, Hereditary and First Man and Black Klansman got two runner-up mentions. Avengers Infinity War got one win with two runner-ups mentions. A Quiet Place won two with one runner-up. Incredibles 2 won two. If Beale Street Could Talk won two awards. Uh, The Favorite had three wins, five runners-up. A Star Is Born won four with six runner-ups. Black Panther won five with three runner-ups, and Roma had six wins with one runner-up, that one runner-up being for Best Picture, which is pretty wild. I'm surprised Roma could not squeeze out a victory, but... Especially with that screenplay win. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I, guess the, I guess the Star is Born fans really just came out to play. <laughs> What's also interesting is that Incredibles 2 wins animated, even though Spider-Man is nominated for Best Picture. I, I don't know. I, I think that there's a different set of people who actually do the nominating, and then those people probably do vote, but more people vote than obviously who do the nominating, if, if you know yeah, what I'm saying? Of it's so when you have something to guide you. And I think that Incredibles 2 being around a little bit longer throughout the year and more widely seen probably helped in its favor. Okay, uh, now that that is out of the way... Uh, I just want to let everyone know from a poll standpoint, uh, we're asking everyone uh, what they think will be the next Best Picture Oscar winner. It's a question that we've actually asked on the poll a couple of different times throughout the year. Uh, But this is the big one. Like, this is the one where you're telling us what you think is winning Best Picture in a week's time. And that's what we are now going to try to figure out at this point in time. We are going to go through all 24 categories here at the Oscars to predict what we think is going to not only win Best Picture, but all of the awards. Let's dive into it. Hello, everyone. This is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Each week, we review the latest from Hollywood, California. Well, yes, Brendan. We also give top three lists. Okay. Yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. That's correct, Brendan. On top of our main show, every Friday, you can also hear our extra film podcasts. Good job, Brendan. Thank you, JD. It's my goal to make you proud. You're the father after all. (laughs) Yes, and I'm very proud. Uh, You can listen to the In Session Film podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Brendan, will you please let me complete just one? Nope. Oh, for heaven's sake. Listen to the In Session Film podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. 
No, 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 no. That's not kidding? how this works, sir. Hey, no, you, you, no, no, you no. go cry at Midnight Special again, oh, okay? okay? That's what you're I good will. for. I will. You know what? And I'll do it while pummeling you. I'll do both at the same time. How are you going to pummel me? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't buy works. that. That's just how <laughs> it works. Let's do it, people. Let's get into it. Starting off with the short categories. Um, I can honestly say I have not had a chance to watch all of the shorts. I'm still in the process of doing so. Uh, but I know a lot of us this year, unlike uh, years prior, a lot of us have seen the shorts. So this is actually uh, a nice change of pace for... You know, for a change. So best live action short. Detainment, Fav, Marguerite, Mother, and Skin. Uh, let's go around really quick. Say what you are picking. Let's start off with Will. All right. So I have gone back and forth over and over on this because they're all incredibly depressing. And of the five, four of them involve child death. So I'm kind of inclined to go with the one that doesn't involve child death, which would be Marguerite. That being said, uh, Josh Parham pointed out that the Academy is inclined to go with big name actors. So I think I'm going to go with skin because they recognize the people involved and it got made into a feature already. So yeah, I think skin. I'm deciding here on the air. I'm going to go with skin. Okay. Michael? Skin. Uh, all righty, Cody. Marguerite. Josh. Uh, I am going with skin. And Liam. Marguerite. Oh, you guys are killing me. Um, I think I am going to settle on skin as well for the reasons that were stated before about, you know, having identifiable people in the film. It is also one of the ones that I have seen so far. So uh, there is that. Uh, skin is also one of the ones that's in English. And usually when you have uh, an English language movie in this category, that tends to win, too. And and Josh, I did I did ask you if you were picking it, right? Yes, that's the one I'm picking. Marguerite yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, definitely the one that is the least depressing of the bunch, which is saying something because it's still about an old woman slowly dying. Um, but I think the fact that Skin is like the most flashy of them and has recognizable people, I think that'll carry it through. Well, who's sorry, who's recognizable in Skin besides Danielle McDonald? Uh, that guy. Me, Jonathan Tucker will not have you besmirch him on this podcast. Oh, right. <laughs> All the Academy voters are going to go for Jonathan Tucker. Of course. Hey, you no, don't know how many Tucker heads there like, are oh, in Nampus. Guy. <laughs> I don't but know. Skin is being turned into a feature film, correct? Yeah. No, no, it has been. Yeah, it played oh, a TIFF, has. if I remember correctly. picked it up. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, should we move on to the best documentary short? Let's do it. Okay, documentary short, Black Sheep, Endgame, Lifeboat, A Night at the Garden, period, end of the sentence. Will, you first. I am between period, end of sentence, and A Night at the Garden. <coughs> a Night at the Garden has gotten a lot of publicity recently because of its advertisement really playing up the it could happen here narrative, but I see everybody kind of falling towards period, end of sentence, and that's on Netflix and easily watchable, so I'm going to say that. Okay. All right. Michael? What he said. All right. Cody? Exactly the same. Wow. Josh? Yeah, period end of sentence is not only on Netflix, but is it is also produced by Lisa Tabak, so I feel obligated oh. to pick that one. There you go. Liam? Breaking from the pack? I, I, I want to go Black yeah, Black Sheep? Uh, just me being a film. Yeah, that would make you the Black Sheep of Next um, Best Picture. <laughs> oh, man, uh, I, 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 I'll, I'm sorry, Liam. I can't, I can't die with you on this ship. I'm going to go with period end of the sentence. <laughs> Best animated short. We have Animal Behavior, Bow, Late Afternoon, 
One Small Step, and Weekends. Will? I'm going to go with Bao because of the Pixar Mafia. Michael? Bao, because who doesn't like dumplings? (laughs) (laughs) Josh? Uh, I am also going with Bao, although I would caution just picking the Pixar movie because even as this has opened up to the entire Academy, that doesn't always win. But it does feel like it is the one that is in the best position to win. Okay. Cody? Ow, baby. And Liam? Yeah, ow. Okay, so everyone. Nice. That being said, One Small Step is a better short film. And if it's the one, at least with my screening, responded most vocally to in applauding, you know, like random collection of Los Angeles people. So maybe keep an eye on that. All right. Best visual effects. Avengers Infinity War, Christopher Robin, First Man, Ready Player One, and Solo, A Star Wars Story. Will, I pass it off to you. This has been driving me crazy for weeks trying to figure it out. But the logic, again, I think Josh stated, is that when in doubt, go with the film that feels most like a Best Picture nominee. And of the bunch, that is First Man. So I think I'm going to settle on that. It also won its category at the VFX Society as well as a smaller category. So it's, you know, it's, it's a three-way battle between that, Avengers and Ready Player One, but I'm leaning towards First Man. I will say, just for the record, um, man, the last time VES since 2002 had a supporting... Uh, visual effects winner go on to win the Oscar for visual effects, was which is was Hugo in 2011. Exactly. So, okay, Michael, I'm really conflicted here. Uh, you know, it could be Avengers, it could be First Man. I was on the Avengers train for a while, even up until this morning. But I'm thinking about recent winners, and even though Interstellar had more visual effects, I think than First Man, they seem somewhat comparable to me. Uh, this is really tough. I think I'm going to end up going with First Man just because I think that scene is more the prestige. Thing. Cody? Uh, you guys are making me nervous. <laughs> um, how well did Avengers do at Visual Effects Society? It did very well. One four. And <laughs> also, too, since 2002, uh, 10 of the last 16 winners there have gone on to win the Oscar for Visual Effects. It's a 63% chance rate given to Avengers uh, Infinity War here. Uh, I didn't realize it did that well. You know, I'm backing down and going back with Avengers. For well, <laughs> just a little caveat to that. Every one of those instances, though, the BAFTA winner was also the same pick as VES. And what won BAFTA again this year? Black Panther. Black Panther. Really the only movie not nominated. <laughs> Which also <laughs> won Critics' Black Choice Panther. Award and with, with a Best Picture nomination would have made this so much easier if it was nominated. <laughs> like, yes. I think we all would be picking Black Panther if it was nominated. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to Avengers Infinity War as Black Panther here since he is in it. You know what? That That's actually not a bad... That's not bad logic, Michael. Uh, I'm going to go with Avengers. Yeah. It's tenuous, but sure. Okay, Josh Parm. Okay. So, I... Yes, I have always said that when in doubt, you go with the film that if it's not a Best Picture nominee, feels most like a Best Picture nominee. But First Man also just doesn't have like a huge showcase for its visual effects. And even though 
it feels the most like the movie that should win here. I just still have a hard time saying that it's going to win because it just is so subdued, it feels like, in its Wait, effects. You're the one who told me to start predicting this, man, like two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but and, but here we are. This is it. <laughs> and, and <laughs> like, honestly, I feel like that is the safer pick. But there is a gut intuition that is pulling me away from it. And I think in this 11th hour, I'm I'm going to go with a gutsy one and I'm actually going to say Ready Player One. You know what, Josh? I'm so happy that you say that because this category, this lineup of nominees here with all the drawbacks that we have which with each one of them, you know, Christopher Robin and Solo are just non-factors. But if there was going to be an ex machina situation from 2015 all over again, that choice is Ready Player One. And that shining sequence and the fact that next to Avengers Infinity War, it has the most visual effects and it is a Steven Spielberg film. So I guess it could have a like an idea of prestige factor kind of attributed to it. That's not a bad choice. That's not a bad choice. Like, in I my opinion. I still say that First Man does still feel like the movie that would generally win this category. And... If you are trying to be safe, I think that is a good pick. But there's just something about this feel between First Man and Avengers that neither of them still feel like winners to me. And in that instance, you've got Ready Player One. So I don't know how accurate I will be. Probably not. But it is the one that in this very divided field, I feel almost compelled to pick. Wow, uh, Liam. Uh, I mean, if you'd asked me five minutes ago, I would have said First Man. I purely because I I, I think First Man, Avengers, and Ready Player plausibly win, and First Man is the one that I just feel deserves it most. But I I don't know. I I'm leaning towards Avengers. I think you've swayed me. Anybody want to change their pick? No. Will you going to stick with First Man? For now, I mean, like, I might change before next Sunday. I've been predicting Avengers Infinity War since I since the trailer dropped uh, for it, before I even saw the movie. I thought that this being uh, Marvel's 10th year, you know, I thought that this film being such an epic culmination of everything that is that they've worked towards, and objectively, I still think it's the best visual effects of the year, has led me to predict it literally all year long as the winner. You know what else I was thinking about, aside from the Black Panther factor that mm-hmm. is in the movie? There are so many actors who are now part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. that I, I think that them and their followings, I, I think that makes a big difference now. Yeah, but Marvel like doesn't win here anywhere. The Academy does not seem to like Marvel, so that hasn't come out to help them in the past. It didn't help them with... Guardians of the Galaxy a few years ago. Yeah, but this is the it. time that they're in Best Picture, even though exactly. it's for a different movie. Yeah, well, but, they never Black had Pan- as much exposure with the Academy. But Black Panther is a very unique situation, though. I, and I think that had there not been a public rallying behind that movie, I would think it would struggle to get nominated, too. Here's the other thing, too, that I keep on going back to. I keep thinking about the Apes movies. And I keep thinking about how those movies did well at VES and how those were seen as objectively the best visual effects as the year. And one of those three years, it should have won. <laughs> like, it's crazy to me that they didn't. Um, 
this is honestly like I view Avengers Infinity War as the apes movies in this case to Will's point that they don't they didn't pick the apes movies even though the visual effects kept getting better and better and they were undeniably the best and even though Avengers Infinity War might still be the best it still stands that they've never really gone for Marvel I am switching at the last minute I'm switching to first man oh I can't believe that Matt after a whole year (laughs) I know no Matt you've been standing for Infinity War for months go ahead and stick with it I can't Laurie Metcalf last year just do it I need no I need to separate my heart from my brain and my brain says it's going to be first man I have to do it it, it, it like it, it won at VES in that supporting category and it I you know to Josh's point it is the one of the group that has other nominations outside of this category and even though it doesn't have the best picture nomination it does give me that interstellar vibe yeah I'm, I'm sticking with first man on paper that does make sense <sighs> yeah god all right i'm ready to move on because if i think about it too much i'll switch back best sound mixing nominees are black panther bohemian rhapsody first man roma and a star is born let's uh switch it up here let's start off with someone else uh cody which one are you going with sound mix uh bohemian rhapsody unfortunately michael bohemian josh parm well, I've been predicting Bohemian to win this for about a month now, so I am continuing. I'm saying Bohemian. And Liam? Bohemian. And Will? Bohemian. All right. So I guess we're all picking Bohemian to win. That's insane still. I, I like. I still can't quite under... I, I understand it, but I just feel like Roma's sound mix is so incredible. And uh, I think A Star is Born is the best of the bunch. Agreed. A Star is Born has great mix. Yeah. I mean, like, I get it, but I, I still, I'm still puzzled by it. Like, I, I can't believe, like, we're here and, like, this is what the industry has agreed upon as the best sound mix film yeah, of the year. But it is well, good they, work. It's very good work. And they've always loved music films, you know? Like, with the exception of a lot, until La La Land, it was kind of a given that the music film in the category was going to win sound mixing. And remember, yeah, sure. La La Land actually, when it first was released, had some trouble with the mixing during another day of sun and they had to go back and fix it when it opened in IMAX. Yeah. You know, it, it did just win the cinema audio society award last night. It and won BAFTA. the BAFTA. Exactly. You can't, from a stats perspective, you can't bet against Bohemian it's Rhapsody. Not, it's not a badly mixed film. It's like the only of its wins that I'm like, yeah, you know, like the sound mix is pretty damn good in that. Yeah. Yeah. Best sound editing. A little bit more trouble here, especially considering uh, MPSE doesn't announce until later today. Uh, so we're kind of going in a little blind with this one. Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, A Quiet Place, and Roma. Will, which one are you, do- are you going with? Oh, this this category has been giving me nightmares just trying to figure it out. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Black Panther, honestly. That's not a bad choice. Michael? You know, I think First Man should win it. And I think if it had been nominated in sound mixing or just anywhere else, A Quiet Place would win it. Yeah. But that's not going to happen since it's a low nomination here. And First Man doesn't seem to have the passion, so I'm not going to go with that anymore. So I'm joining Will and going with Black Panther. Liam? I have been ignorantly backing A Quiet Place all season, and I refuse to back down now, so I'm saying A Quiet Place. You know, from a stats perspective, though, Liam, I don't think a lone sound editing nominee has ever won. Uh, no, yeah, it has. It has. Uh, Which one? Ghost in the Darkness. Yeah, Ghost in the Darkness. 
Oh God! Well, how far how far back was that? <laughs> okay, fine, <laughs> fine. It's uh, other times too. I mean, like it, it does happen. Very rare, though. I mean, I I can't think of anything in the modern era. I'm gonna take a look. Okay. Because honestly, like Liam, I, I I I like Will. You're you're also kind of considering a quiet place uh, to a certain extent as well, right? Yeah, it missing out in a mixing nomination as well as just not getting in anywhere. Like if it had gotten in for blunt or screenplay, I'd probably be predicting this win, but it just seems like the love we saw all season didn't really translate to the Academy. So I, uh, I don't think I would go there, but doesn't it like a quiet place winning for sound feel. And I understand this is obviously sound movie. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's like, to me, uh, in terms of like rewarding a film for its single best element, it reminds me a lot of like Phantom Thread winning costumes last year because it was a movie all about costumes. Here's a movie all about sound. Or it's just Arrival so weird winning to me. for sound editing. It's just so weird to me that it got in editing and not mixing because to me the mix was the impressive element, not the edit. But mm. what do I know? Okay, Josh Parm. Um, I was on First Man for a very long time, but. I am actually going to pick A Quiet Place. And, wow. Yes. And I understand that it doesn't have the mixing nomination, but you also have to take into account that the sound branch is the one that does the nominees, but everybody is voting on the, on the winners. The entire Academy is voting. And yes, A Quiet Place did not get that much embraced by them, but as we did see with the precursors, it got into PGA, got into WGA, Emily Blunt did win, there is actual passion somewhere for this movie that people really do like. And when you take into account that it is the movie that uses sound as a narrative device within its story, I think that will help it stand out even more. So, yeah, I know that movies that only have this nomination don't win very often, but we might be due for another one like that. So I'm going with A Quiet Place. So I just did the research here, looking at other times where a lone sound editing nominee won. And it looks like it was only that one time. I'm still sticking with it. Ghost in the Darkness, 1996. I'm still sticking with it. You know what? I I am going to... I I feel Michael and Will defected. Like, whenever you two go in on a prediction together, it's, it's it frightens me. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, I was wrong. There's one more time that it did happen. Goldfinger. Okay, so wait, what? Like, <laughs> I thought Goldfinger got a visual effects nomination. No, that was Thunderball. That one for visual Sound effects. effects. I, I was thinking Goldfinger won song, but it wasn't even nominated. That's no. insane. You have no, to go back to 1964. 1964, <laughs> and then Ghost in the Darkness was the other one. So twice in Oscar history. So here's the, here's the thing that I'm a little shaky on right now. Um, Black Panther makes the most sense because of the Best Picture nomination. Uh, Bohemian winning both feels too, honestly, like way too weird to me. The industry has kind of turned its back on first man. Roma winning would be interesting, but I just don't think the sound editing is as impressive as the mixing. It's impressive, but obviously the fact that like, you know, you're saying that means that people might not notice it. That's an incredible achievement, dude. Like 90% of the sounds in that movie were created in post, but I don't think- So is most sound in movies. No, but Roma is really something special. I think this editing is even better than the mixing in Roma. What? Okay, whatever. I'm getting off of that. Uh, we, way, we should say, we'll put together a really great montage of yeah. sound editing. 
And when you hear Black Panther in that, it's very impressive work. Oh, no, it totally is. I, I, I'm going back and forth between First Man, which I objectively think should win, and Black Panther, which from a stats standpoint uh, is kind of telling me that that's going to win. I think you got to do it, Matt. Do it. Do it. Join the founders of the site. Cody, what are you going with again? Uh, so it's hard because we're all betting against the split, which you should never do. <laughs> like stats wise, it so rarely happens. But I agree, Bohemian winning this would be kind of crazy. So I'm going with Black Panther. It just feels like a sound ending win. <sighs> I just, hate you know, trusting my instincts, but like I uh, genuinely I hate that I'm picking First Man to win for VFX, and I'm like, and I begrudgingly am doing that. But I won't pick it for sound editing, which is something I want to do so badly. But I think that if Black Panther is going to get honored by... I also have to ask myself this question, too. Like, Black Panther missed out on acting, directing, writing. It only has below the line. I don't know if Black Panther is such a heavy best picture favorite as we think it is that people are going to vote for it so much in these below the line tech categories. Ah. Uh... Like, I don't think it's as beloved as Roma or The Favorite or even something like Black Klansman. I, I don't... You know, oh, man. we've seen three splits between editing and mixing this decade. 2012, okay. 2014, 2016. Why not make it 2018 also? And 2016 is the only time that it was between two movies that were nominated in both categories. Super rare. Which is why then I'm going to just, I'm going to go with First Man. I'm going to stick with it. I'll be the lone person. I'd be thrilled. If I win it, I uh, I get the point and you guys don't. So <laughs> Still predicting it's the split, but yeah. Uh, and Cody, you're going with Black Panther, right? Black Panther, yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Let's go now to best production design. Black Panther, The Favorite, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. I'm going to throw out some stats really quick. Uh, Critics' Choice, since 2009, has correctly lined up with Oscar seven out of nine times. That's 78%. BAFTA has lined up eight out of 18 times, uh, going back to 2000. That's 44%. And the Art Directors Guild, which we know is probably going to go to both Black Panther and The Favorite, the two contenders here, they typically have a 68% um, chance since 1996 so it's 50-50 favorite one BAFTA Panfer one Critics' Choice both have Best Picture nominations this is the time let's draw the line in the sand here Will Mavity which one are you going with Black Panther <sighs> Michael I think it has to be Black Panther and with the favorite you know it's not bad work by any means but I think it's a bit of a cop out since there's you know the palace i guess was already there they didn't build that from scratch cody black panther they created an already iconic world josh parm man you know i've been on black panther for a very long time and at the last second here i did switch back to the favorite i could switch back to black panther like right before the ceremony though but I just think that as impressive as Black Panther is, and it really should win, it, it is a very strong contender. There is a part of me that does think that there might be some people that just look at the house and just in their mind equate that to the best production design of the year. So I have switched back to the favorite, but 
I'm very tempted to also switch back to Black Panther. It's close between those two, obviously. Liam? So I've, I actually spoke to a couple of people who worked on The Favourite and realized that it's doing so well in production design. Um, they actually don't know how it's doing so well, and that's coming from people who worked on the film. So on that basis, I'm going to say Black Panther because I just I'm, I'm getting a sense that the, the, the votes aren't met for it, for The Favourite. I almost feel like, because this is very much tied to costume design, uh, this category, historically speaking, too, actually, um, in many ways. <sighs> and that's another category where we're going to have this discussion in just a few minutes. So I am leaning towards the, oh God, I don't know. Shit. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to pick the favorite for production design and pick Black Panther for costume design and just split and hedge my bets instead of having Black Panther take both, which I know it did at um, Critics' Choice. And I know at BAFTA it wasn't nominated in either category, which d doesn't help us. So I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to pick the favorite for production design. And spoiler alert, I'll pick Black Panther for costume design when we get to it. Does that, does that, like, make sense? Like, I don't know. Could someone tell me if that, like, does that logic, like, make sense? <laughs> yeah, well, we can I talk more about sense. that in costume design. I don't want to okay. give it away. Well, uh, yeah, let me keep going in the order I have it set up here. Uh, this will be a quick one. Best original song, Black Panther, All the Stars, RBG, I'll Fight, Mary Poppins Returns, The Place Where Lost Things Go, A Star is Born, Shallow, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings. Anybody not picking Shallow? No. Okay, we can move on. <laughs> uh let's move on to a category that is about to give us a headache best original score oh boy black Klansman, black panther if beale street could talk isle of dogs mary poppins returns could someone just tell me why oh why oh why couldn't first man or beale street get best picture nominations and just have first man nominated here well, only like... one of those two films deserved a best picture nominations Ooh, hey, shade hey, hey, hey. Mm. Be nice. He's here. already dead, Will. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This one has been this is this is the category that's been giving me nightmares, actually, if we're all admitting which categories have been giving us uh, sleepless nights. Liam, let's start off with you. What do you think is winning best original score? Uh, my gut is saying if Bill Street could talk, it's just a great score. I have to go for it. Cody. I wish I could say quality would out and it was Beale Street, but it's really done nothing precursor wise. Um, and since first man isn't here, I have to go with black Panther. It's shaky, obviously, but yeah, black Panther. Okay. Michael, I think black Panther because it did pretty well at the Grammys and has been building a profile, but really watch out for Mary Poppins and black Klansman because Mark Shaman and Terrence Blanchard are very, very popular people who are both overdue. Can we all like agree that the only one of these that is definitely not going to win is Isle of dogs. Yes. Yeah. Nobody else has any other contender written off, right? No, it could be any of the four. Okay. Josh Parm, what about you? Well, I do agree that Black Panther feels kind of like the one that would win this category because it does have the Best Picture nomination. It's got a very showy score. But I am going to go with Black Klansman uh, because of the fact that it does have Terrence Blanchard attached to it. And that is a guy who's been working for decades. He's been working with Spike Lee. Spike Lee tends to shout him out a lot when he talks about the film. 
And it's a great score, too. So I'm going to go with that film to win. Well, Black Panther. I think I'm going to stick with Beale Street on this one. I have this feeling that I don't know if it's so much that the Academy didn't love Beale Street versus not enough people saw Beale Street in time for voting. And I have a feeling that now they have. Especially if it does well in the above the line category that we'll talk about. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, the nominations it did get are pretty significant nominations. You know, an acting, a writing, and a tech. Because I, I have a hard time, and I know, Will, I know you brought this up a couple of times. I know. But I still have such a hard time believing that there are people that watch this movie that, at the very least, they have to somewhat admire it uh, or respect it. You know, the whole cold, it's distant, uh, it left me feeling unfulfilled thing. I, I just haven't bought that. And I know the nominations reflect that, but I... We also heard reports that not enough people had seen it and the screeners had some issues and people were seeing other movies at uh, screen screenings instead of Beale Street. And they were like, oh, I'll get to it eventually. You know, Matt, I'd like to introduce you to this movie called Carol that opened up a couple years ago. That had the best cinematography. It did have a great score. You are correct, sir. I still listen to Carol's score. I do. And that was what? 20, that was 20. That was 2015, right? Yeah, people said that was cold for whatever reason, and it walked away Oscarless. Shit. But I, I will tell you, Nicholas Bertel has been man. around. He's been on Fresh Air and NPR. He's been doing some press, but I actually have Beale Street at fourth, even though I think it actually can win. But when I see guys like Shaman and Blanchard, I mean that really gives me some pause. I mean, every time you hear a Spike Lee interview, he always talks about Terrence Blanchard. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing, though. None of these guys' names are on the ballot, though. But um, there is some campaigning for people that know who they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if it's a Spike Lee movie, it's going to be Terrence Blanchard doing the music. And the songs in Mary Poppins Returns are very much Mark Shaman songs. I mean, look, he's the one who got Beth Midler to perform on the Oscar telecast. It's so annoying because Critics' Choice, Golden Globe, BAFTA are things we look towards to help us predict this category. And they just completely screwed us over this year. <laughs> you know what I'm interested in? I'm going to look this up. The last time a musical was nominated for original score and lost. Uh, uh, well, musicals don't typically get nominated for original score. But when they do, I wonder when the last time one lost was. I mean, you have to go back pretty damn far, I think. Well, of course, we have La La Land, and no, I wouldn't call the artist, but even though that had... It's no, that's not a, that's it's not a musical. It's a silent film. Well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it was... The music was very much from a musical. Well, but the other thing I think you would consider with that, though, is that probably most of those films that did end up winning were Best Picture nominees. That's the other thing, uh, too, I wanted to give a little bit of weight towards. I do agree that Panther and Klansman are probably out in front because they are Best Picture nominees. I do think that Blanchard has the uh, narrative as far as the composer itself. And Panther has, let, let's let's face it, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, is not going to win against uh, Lady Gaga for Shallow. But this is a place where that really, really successful soundtrack can, uh, you know, shine. Even though it was a soundtrack that was popular and less so of a score, uh, people might think they're voting for the same thing here with Panther in a, in a sort of way. Uh, you know what? I'll just... Because honestly, I don't think there is a right or wrong answer here because literally there's nothing from a stat standpoint to tell us otherwise. I'm going to just stick with Beale Street. I God, I, I don't feel good about it though. You shouldn't. I don't. 
Okay, I really don't. thing isn't working out here because they had that thing in the 90s where they split it. Oh, God, don't even remind me. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then before that, it was original song score, so that, forget that. Yeah, the music category has been very weird. Let's move over to an easy category, best makeup and hairstyling. We have Border, Mary Queen of Scots, and Vice. So, Vice, everybody? Yeah. Yep. This is going to yeah. be where one good makeup job, you know, overshadows the poor makeup jobs in the same movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that. I mean, once again, it's also the only one there with the Best Picture nomination that does have uh, some weight given to it. So I think you have yeah. to give it just for the Christian Bale, Dick Cheney makeup. But if you're looking for just consistently good makeup throughout a movie where everyone looks good, I would actually say Mary Queen of Scots. You know, I, I, I agree as well, actually. It needed that Margot Robbie nomination for me to believe. Yeah. Threat. I mean, the yeah. box alone, that was amazing. I mean, it was also a surprise that it got in at all. A lot of, people, a lot of us weren't predicting it. So because I don't, I don't it didn't know. show up at the Bake Off. Exactly. Maybe uh, Margot Robbie in makeup is, you know, their Achilles heel. You know, they did give uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, it, it is a little bit closer in my mind uh, than, I, than I think we're all kind of letting on. Um, but, uh, you know... Vice overperformed on nomination morning. That transformation, if they're not going to give Best Actor to Bale, giving it the makeup win uh, maybe is like, okay, here's 50% of the work that went into what made that performance so special. It, it almost feels like it is awarding him by proxy almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's going to win. It feels very much like Darkest Hour last year. Yeah. Okay, Best Film Editing. Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. Oh, boy. Ah, Will Mavity. Vice for editing. <laughs> I like that you said it like a question mark at the end. <laughs> Vice for editing, maybe? <laughs> uh, Michael. Oh, well, uh, I was thinking about breaking away from the pack and doing something really different here, which was going for Black Klansman. Because I think it's actually far and away the best work in the category. But they don't always go for best, they go for most. And the most would be Vice, and that's what I'm going to predict. Liam? Yeah, I, I'm with Michael on this. I think Black Clownsman is by far the best, but I, I'm predicting Vice. Cody? Yeah, I actually don't think this is as hard as everybody's been making it out to be on like Twitter and stuff. I'm watching my words on Sunday, but I think Vice is pretty clearly out in the head here. Yeah, it's the flashiest. It got a ton of nominations. I just I just think it pulls ahead. Josh Parm. Well, that Vice when uh, at BAFTA does smell of Hacksaw Ridge to me. Uh, but I've been saying Bohemian Rhapsody was going to win this for a while now, and I'm just going to stick with it. Okay. You know how everyone said Lord of the Rings had like 10 endings? Yeah. Yeah, it's still one. I think Vice is the movie with like five beginnings. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um i will say for the record that ace has matched up with oscar 66 percent of the time since 1967 and granted they do give out two awards for drama and comedy so that does boost it up bafta since 2000 eight of the last 18 years 44 percent they're both not really great percentages i would have looked towards critics choice to kind of help me with this but God help me, they picked First Man, which had had that been nominated here, I actually probably would have picked First Man to win, quite honestly. 
Their first man should be winning. Let's let's be clear. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? The BAFTA win, uh, the makeup, uh, I'm sorry, the makeup uh, nomination, uh, and possible win. I, I I feel like if we're gonna give Bohemian two Oscars for actor and sound mixing, why not give Vice two for makeup and editing? I, I have a hard time seeing Bohemian winning three. And then we'll give Green Book to, and everyone on film Twitter will be thrilled. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. If it won editing, it's over. <laughs> now, let me ask you guys this question really quickly. Uh, the favorite winning at Ace over Vice. Maybe? I mean, the ACE has weird picks. Like, remember, they, uh, they gave it to Captain Phillips over Gravity in 2013. But that was a good choice, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was Christopher choice. Rouse, who is like an royalty in the editing world <sighs> i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with vice all right so sorry josh parm you're alone on the island that's all right it, it'll be the one uh, silver lining when this movie wins <laughs> cinematography cold war the favorite never look away roma and a star is born we're all picking roma right oh, i yes. am but i'm not locked into it why because i it's so rare for a director to win here. And I know he's not on the ballot. And I know he's won so many things leading up to it. But if there were to be an upset, I would not be shocked that it happened. Ask yourself this question. When was the last time a director was nominated here? Never. Literally it's never happened. Right. So we have no way to test it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this would be a shocking, uh, even if it went to Cold War, which is clearly the number two here after uh, winning at know. ASC. I don't know about that. Well, wait, what? What do you think? I think A Star is Born would be the runner-up, even though Cold War did well at the ASC. Remember, it's not just cinematographers voting. People are going to have a ballot. I get that, but... I still think, like, Roma has this locked up. It, yeah, I think the I'm only not worried about I, this. I'm predicting it. Don't get me wrong there, but if I, I don't think it's done in, a done deal. I think the only reason why we would even question it is because it is a director shooting it. If this was like just a regular cinematographer, like if this was Lubezki, uh, we would just say, no, this is completely locked up. And I think it is completely locked up. Yeah. And like stats get broken when things are undeniable. And I think the cinematography in Roma is undeniable. I also want to just point out to uh, something that I've been thinking about just and, and listen this is this is a long shot <laughs> this is insane and it probably won't happen but could you all imagine if roma lost a lot of the categories we think it's locked up for because of the netflix factor i think that's possible i think there are some people who honest to god have a problem this is a little bizarre but people think it that a Netflix film cannot win cinematography. Not even just cinematography. Like, what if Cold War upset it in foreign film? What if Spike Lee really did pull up an upset in director? Like, I mean, like, I, 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 like this is literally below 5% chance of happening. But that Netflix bias might prove to have at least one shocking upset somewhere on Oscar night. Oh, I buy it. I buy it. Do you think there's another factor, though, that people that vote for Roma for Best Picture might then give Cold War foreign language, because why not? We'll get to that in just a minute. Let's uh, move over to another really tough category, because uh, like we were saying before, it's pretty much the same as Best Production Design, and that's Best Costume Design. Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Panther, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, and Mary Queen of Scots. So, Michael, which one are you going with? I'm going with Black Panther. 
but I do think okay. the favorite has a better shot here than it does production design. Interesting. Okay. Liam? Uh, yeah, the favorite for me. Josh Parm. I am going with Black Panther. Cody? Black Panther, but it's obviously very, very close. Yes, very close. And Will, you're going with Black Panther. What Cody said. Yeah. Ruth Carter has been out and about this season. I I will just say, too, for the record, I understand that the favorite is a more traditional Oscar pick and is more in line with what they have gone for in the past. But, and I hate to use this as an example, I really do, because I think it's a crutch and we say it way too much, but this new voting block of the Academy um, also being more uh, foreign-based, they might go for something more out of the box and more, uh, you know, just unique and not your stereotypical costume drama type winner. And as a result of that, yeah, I think Black Panther A deserves it and B uh, is is definitely, I think, the favorite here. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> that just kind of came out of me. I wasn't planning that. <laughs> God. But I definitely want to acknowledge that I understand why people would put, pick the favorite to win here especially considering it has a leading 10 nominations and Black Panther did not have the broad support across all different categories like the favorite does. So I, I understand. We also have to think about this too. How many people that voted for stuff like Vice for Best Picture are going to pick Black Panther for costumes? Well, what does that have to do with anything? I, I just wonder what the old guard of the Academy, the people that pick like the Darkest Hour or the Vice, you know. I mean, they voted for Alice in Wonderland for costumes, so. Huh. I also don't think Vice reads as an old guard movie. I mean, we can get into this later in picture, but I don't know. Mm. I think it does, but that's okay. That's okay. Foreign language film. Capernaum, Cold War, Never Look Away, Roma, Shoplifters. Is anybody going to predict an upset? No. Nope. No, I think if this had been the old system where uh, you had to prove you saw all five nominees, that's where we usually got upsets. But now that it's open to the entire Academy, the most popular film always wins. And I think that is clearly Roma. So, yeah, I know that people like Cold War a lot and it was probably nine or ten for Best Picture. But the more I hear about people seeing it, I hear a lot of respect and admiration for it. But I don't think I've come across many people who flat out love it. I was even listening to a Paul Schrader interview the other day where he was talking about he's close yes. to Paul Vakoski, mm-hmm. and it was with Chris Tapley. And he said, what did you think of the movie? And he goes, I, I admired it. Yeah, he, he had uh, a criticism about it that was the same criticism I kind of had, which was that lead protagonist was the way that character was written in the way that he was played, even though it was close to Pawlikowski's like real life father, it, it left me at a distance and one might say cold. Yeah, um, I felt the same <laughs> way. I thought it was a admirable movie. I, I liked things about it, but I wasn't head over heels for it. Meanwhile, Roma is the movie that people are gushing over. I think I, I will say this. I feel so much more confident about Roma winning this category than I do another category later on. Plus, Roma, not that it has like a happy, feel-good ending or anything like that, but at least Roma, I think, makes you feel a little bit better at the end than Cold War does. I think it's open to interpretation. I've I've, I've heard people uh, feel good about Roma's ending, and I've heard people actually be depressed by Roma's ending. Well, I'm in comparison to Cold War, which I think... Is sure. Well, so. yeah, well, you're... <laughs> <laughs> Let's take some pills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't spoil it. I'm seeing it in a couple of hours. Uh, what? You haven't seen Let's it yet? not take some pills, then. Cold <laughs> War? No. Oh, okay. Well, hey. It's a really funny movie, Will. Best documentary feature. 
Free Solo, Hale County this morning, this evening, Minding the Gap of Fathers and Sons, and RBG. I put out a controversial opinion on the blog a few days ago that I actually really do believe that this category is a lock for Free Solo after winning the BAFTA award. I understand why people will say RBG. I totally get it. But combined with the IMAX release that Free Solo received and Which was amazing. Yeah. The wow factor, exactly. I don't see how this loses. Yeah, I, I do think Free Solo has uh, the lead here. But I'm just thinking about if everyone in the Academy is voting and you have different types of people voting for this award, you know, Free Solo is the absolutely amazing achievement. But if you're looking at it as a human story, which I was even more than actual climb, you know, it's really interesting examination into this relationship between Alex and uh, his girlfriend, whose name I'm totally blanking on, which I forgive me for that. Uh, but he's a bit of a jerk, this guy, Alex. And I think he might actually turn some people off from the movie. Whereas you have RBG, and unless you're some crazy conservative, you know, you're going to love seeing her. But are we voting? Yeah, but that's why I keep coming back to. I keep coming back to uh, the documentary branch, and I know that they're a small branch compared to the rest of the Academy, but they clearly pick their nominees based on the quality of filmmaking and not so much, oh, we picked an interesting subject and we made a movie around it, which was... The doc branch isn't just voting here. That's what I mean. I don't know. I prefaced by saying that. I understand. Uh, I I, I kind of do believe that there are more people overall in the Academy who will recognize filmmaking over just the subject. I just would not be surprised if it ended up losing because people were really turned off by him. I mean, Will, you and I were talking about this. He was a bit of a jerk. Yeah, yeah, but yeah that was the point of, of the movie, you know? That was like the point of the movie. That was the, that was the, uh, the conflict, <laughs> if, really if you will. It's what creates that. the drama. But it's like, is everyone going to be willing to go there? I don't know if they think that hard about it. <laughs> I don't think so I either. Think we will, I think we think harder than the Oscar voters. Sorry. I just think we do in general, you know? So... I don't think they're going to put that much thought into it. I also will say this too. If Free Solo wins this category, which I highly suspect it will, I think that within six months, we will be hearing Robert Zemeckis is directing a live action adaptation yes. of Free Solo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> In IMAX 3D. Oh, yeah. Joseph Gordon Levitt making his return. <laughs> yes. And most of the movie will be boring, but everybody will say that climbing sequence. Oh, you got to so see the great. climb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually asking some people on Twitter a while back, like, who would you cast? I, I, I was thinking, like, maybe Ezra Miller, maybe Adam Driver, you know, like... No, Lucas Haas. Lucas Haas is a good choice. Okay, so is anyone picking RBG? I'm close to, but I'm going to go with Free Solo. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going Free Solo, but it, I, I definitely don't think it's a lock. Sorry, Matt. It's okay. I wouldn't call it a lock, but I do think Free Solo is very much out in front. So we're all going to pick Free Solo. I yeah. am, yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Best animated feature. Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I was on Incredibles 2 for a long, long time. It has yet to pick up anything to show me that it can do it. But that Disney, Pixar, Mafia, and the Academy is really, really strong. So I'm going with Spider-Man here, but it, it's not a passion vote. Can I can I ask you a quick question? Name one year other than uh, actually no, never mind. It's not even a question. There there has never been an instance where we've had a sweeper like this lose ever. 
in Best Animated Feature. That was nominated. Exactly. Uh, yes, correct. But it's how many non-Disney films have you seen win? That's not the point here, though. The point is that so many, uh, like every, every single aspect of this industry that has crossover with the Academy, Spider-Man has won. Except the sound. Right, that was I Love Dogs last night. Which was very, very surprising. But very shocking. The Incredibles had won. I might have been like, ooh, but it wasn't. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that was in their box. Because what that is award, weird about this is even though Incredibles 2 is strong, I, I'm not going to read too much into it, but remember, Isle of Dogs, one of the nominees here is Scott Rudin. He also produced La La Land, right? No, he didn't. No? Damn, it was no. <laughs> I thought I was being so clever. <laughs> uh, I, I listen. I you can't convince me that anything other than Spider Verse is going to win. I think this whole Disney Mafia thing only makes sense had Incredibles two won something, anything, anything yeah. exactly. Because the times where Disney has won this category, they won other shit. <laughs> so even you can't say it didn't. Even, yeah, even in twenty fourteen, Big Hero six. While it was losing most of its stuff to either How to Train Your Dragon or Lego Movie, it did win at CAS, and it was the one award, the one precursor that it did manage to get leading up to the Oscars. And if Incredibles 2 had won that, I would have said, okay, maybe, yeah, I agree with you, Will. Maybe there's something to this, but I just have seen no evidence of Incredibles 2 having any kind of momentum in this race, and... Spider-Man has been very dominant, even in places where it didn't really need to be, like the Globes and BAFTAs. So right, BAFTAs would seal the deal for me in predicting it, even if it's not a strong, strong pick in my mind. Yeah, I don't, sorry. I like. I, I, I want to entertain the idea that it can lose uh, just because it's not a Disney film, but I can't. I just can't go against this. The Annie Awards sweep, PGA, BAFTA, Golden Globe, Critics' Choice, like, I can't. I, 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 Ace? <laughs> like, yeah, I no. It's going to be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and they're going to probably give a tribute to Stan Lee at the mic, I'm sure, and that'll be a good moment, you know? Um, all right. Adapted screenplay. Oh, God. Screenplay categories before WGA announces. Ah, oh, I hate my life. Bow to Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me? If Beale Street Could Talk, A Star Was Born. Will? I think I got to go with Black Klansman. Michael. Klansman. I don't think it's even close. Uh, Liam. Yeah, Klansman too. Josh Parm. Yeah, Black Klansman. And I feel like it's pretty uh, solid that it's going to go to that film. Cody? Yeah, I would call this more of a lock than some other categories. I think it's Klansman. But here's what here's what I'm going to just entertain the idea on. And I want to just know what you all think. If if Beale Street Could Talk wins at WGA later today, and it has Critics' Choice in WGA. Well, it, it, like, is anybody going to change their pick? No. Yeah. No. I mean, I think even it winning WGA is a long shot. Okay. Black Klansman it is for me as well. What You know what, Matt? What really sank Beale Street for me, though, was that it didn't win Scripter. And that was the movie that, of everything in that group, should have won. But the fact that they gave it to something that wasn't even that didn't have any Oscar nominations yeah. told me that there is very limited support for that movie and screenplay. Yeah. And uh, hey, listen, Spike Lee is going to get up to that microphone. He's going to deliver a speech. It'll be another great moment on Oscar night. And Spike Lee will have won a competitive Oscar. It may not be director, uh, may not be picture, 
but he'll have a competitive Oscar. And that is something that 30 years later from do the right thing to now, it just feels like sweet poetic justice, you know? (laughs) Maybe in more ways than one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Best original screenplay. Put on your boxing gloves, people. The favorite, first reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. Michael. Oh, this one is fun. Yeah. I'm going to go with the favorite, but I am not at all confident about that. To me, this looks like American Hustle versus her. Yeah, uh, it, it reminds me of that a lot. I'm going with the favorite, and I think, spoiler alert, it's going to be its only win of the night. I'm, I'm with you there. You know what, though? As far as if it was its only win of the night, not a bad representation for the no. film. No, and it's it's a totally deserving win, and everything else that it could have won in, in my predictions, it is a strong second place. Liam. I hate this category this year, because I'm, I'm going to say the favorite, but I, I think we're going to... I just think the favorite feels like the winner, but I, I think if we're going to have a big surprise in any category this year, I think it's going to be this. I've, I've just got a feeling. For, for Green Book or for Roma winning? I think this could be Green Book... Possibly. I'm, I'm, I'm predicting the favorite, but I wouldn't be surprised if Green Book won. Okay. Uh, Josh Parm. Well, this is the category that I really do wish we had WGA, because I think whatever wins WGA is going to be very telling about where this could possibly go with the Oscars. And because I do think Green Book is going to win a WGA, that is going to show that that movie has a lot of support, and that is now my predicted Oscar winner. I think it is going to be Green Book. Wow. My God. Parm, I have to ask. No, I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait until we get to it. Oh, God. Will. I'm going for Green Book on this. Oh, God. Oh, God. Wait. Oh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> I'd uh, be happy with any one of these winning except for Vice. Thank you, Michael. Duly noted. I mean, even <laughs> <laughs> first reform watch that watch paul schrader just campaign and campaign and then finally got it no he didn't he, i mean he campaigned but also he kept being a dick throughout oscar yeah, season <laughs> i'm just saying like how weird would that be i mean you have i think four really great contenders here he campaigned and he was his own whisperer campaign uh, are we seriously <laughs> underestimating though first reformed maybe in a split scenario nah. if it had gotten any other yeah. nomination? It needed Ethan to get into for me to believe. Yeah, I think it got in uh, barely by the skin of its teeth into this lineup to begin with. Yeah. Watch well, it be I mean, Roma. Even I mean, make our readers did it. Yeah. This is a really tough one. I think the favorite has the juice to get ahead, but I, I would not be surprised at all if it were Green Book. It's a tough competition. You know, I I'm leaning a little bit more towards Cody's idea. I think I like because I if I remember correctly. I think I eventually did pick. Um, no, I am picking the favorite for production design. Ah, the more likely scenario uh, than the favorite winning a tech and screenplay is it just winning screenplay. So, but Green Book, I, I have to say, Will and Josh, for you two picking uh, Green Book here, I I want to believe that you're picking it because you're also picking it for best picture. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I don't think Green Book is going to win Best Picture. Spoiler alert. So I don't have it also winning screenplay. I- I'm sticking with the favorite. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. Um, it's 
honestly, it's the it's the one of the lineup that should win. Oh, well, that some of those lines are like and and it's a dialogue. Honestly, look at look at like screenplay winners from the last couple of years. The favorite fits so comfortably into all the other past winners in terms of what they typically tend to go for. Right. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I mean, I think it is close between the two of them. Yeah. By the way, let's pour one out for uh, eighth grade and private life, which I yeah. yeah. Eighth grade was so close to so close. Uh, all right, I'm I'm ready to move off of this. I, I wish we had WGA because if Green Book loses WGA, uh, that gives me all the confidence in the world to go with the favorite wholeheartedly. But if Green Book wins WGA, then you're going into the race saying to yourself, "All right, Golden Globe and WGA versus BAFTA winner." And I have to say, I don't think those stats are good for the favorite, but okay. Another tough category. Best Supporting Actress. Amy Adams for Vice. Marina De Tavira for Roma. Regina King, if Beale Street could talk. Emma Stone, the favorite. Rachel Vice, the favorite. Liam. So I, I have Regina King, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. Cody. Exactly the same. Regina King, but I'm scared of it. Michael. Regina King. Josh Parham. I, I joined the chorus of Regina King and also the chorus of not being confident about it. Will Mavity. Every second what everyone else has been saying. Wow. Wow. Okay, so we're all in agreement it's going to be King, but none of us... Does anyone feel actually good about it? No, of course not. She missed no. sag and back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I feel amazing. <laughs> all right. You all read my uh, my analysis on this category. I definitely think it's 50-50. Um, and not just from a stats perspective of the wins and uh, you know the, the lack of nominations for King, but also just because of other factors. For example... Uh, no supporting actress uh, has repeated in this category as a winner since Diane uh, Diane Weist did. Uh, then you also have you do, like I I really really hate that this is paralleling the twenty fifteen yeah best supporting actor race like so much like really it's kind of eerie how similar it is. But there's one difference, which is Regina King is well liked. Bingo. Exactly. And what actually there's one other that Beale Street has a few more nominations than Creed did. That's a yes, absolutely. Yeah. So and the film like is 2,000 more members of the Academy since that uh, since 2015 that have been added. She's so likable. She almost died last week at yeah. a basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Philadelphia nearly killed her, but that, that's what we do. Um, it's just also kind of strange that she didn't win SAG. You know what I mean? Like she was right there. Yeah, but then that you know that goes back to the 2015 Rylance lost to uh, rough to uh, yeah I know. Idris Elba yeah Idris Elba yeah so but Idris Elba also that was right after the nominations when we had the second year in a row of Oscar so white and there was a narrative to get him at least that kind of consolation prize there really I I, I really do feel like Rachel Vice if she was going to be a serious threat her winning SAG would have helped to solidify that that right. yeah. was sort of a given since she had never won before didn't she win sag for the constant gardener um uh, i believe I, so let me check yeah. yeah she did yeah she did okay so she already had a sag 
And they may have been salty about Blunt missing both categories of the Oscars and just everyone rallied behind her. That's exactly what I think happened. That same year. Right. So I I will admit that if uh, Vice had won anywhere else, um, I probably would be picking her wholeheartedly. There's also something to be said, too. Josh Parham, you brought this up. Uh, there's something to be said, too, for when you do have uh, two people nominated uh, in the same category from the same film. And one of them, we think votes are going to split typically between the two. But that's usually not the case. No, there's usually like one that's like the runaway winner between the two of them. Like they would be winning even if like they were just the only nominee. And like, yeah, we kind of have the feeling that Rachel Weisz is the preference, but the only places where we've seen her kind of do that on a big, uh, like, scale like that are the two places that kind of have a large British voting block to them. So it's sort of hard to read how much of that is genuine because she's the actual preference or because she just happens to be the British supporting actress nominee from that movie. And she never had a BAFTA. True. You know, last week at BAFTA... Uh, even though Regina King wasn't nominated, I watched part of the telecast. She was there as a presenter. So she's mm-hmm. getting out and moving and acting like she's having a presence at all these award shows, even if she's not there as a nominee. She's doing the work that's involved, and I think that's going to go a long way for her. That basketball thing, too, I think helped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, any publicity is good publicity, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't feel good about it. I mean, I don't think anybody should feel good about it. So... And also, too, can I can I also just give a little bit of an acknowledgement? I, I finally have come around to the idea that Marina de Tavira could pull a Marsha Gay Harden. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. She's my number three. My, yep, number three. And Amy Adams. I don't think Amy Adams has a chance anymore. She's no. Kansas City. Like, the she needed... Honestly, like, the fact that she couldn't even win for Sharp Objects at Golden Globe and SAG, like, sealed the deal for me uh, at that point. I was like, they are not acknowledging her at all this year. So, okay. All right. Moving on to an easy one. Best Supporting Actor, Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver, Black Klansman, Sam Elliott, A Star is Born, Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Sam Rockwell, Vice. All right. We're all in agreement here. Um, the person winning their second Oscar is going to be Sam Rockwell in Vice. <laughs> uh, no, it's going to be Mahershala Ali for Green Book. Uh, anyone want to dispute this? No. I'm not going to dispute it, but I just got to say, isn't it interesting that I assume the reason that nobody thinks Emma Stone is a threat is because she just won two years ago, right? Yep. That is not a problem for Mahershala Ali. I know, I know there are different movies and different circumstances, but it's just interesting. Let's put it this way. If Emma Stone was the only nominee in that category and Rachel Weisz wasn't there, I do think there is a world where Emma Stone would have been winning a little bit more. I think the fact that Ali is not competing with uh, another cast member certainly helps. Oh, and, the fact, and the fact also that Green Book, despite... Film Twitter's best, 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 best efforts. Uh, there are people in the industry that love Green Book, and Mahershala Ali is the one place where they can put their vote towards it and not feel guilty whatsoever about doing so. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's so different from his last one. I, I know Emma Stone's yeah. so different in the favorites than La La Land, but this is to me the best thing Mahershala Ali has ever done. And I thought he was I agree. Good. But yeah. he's, he just carries this movie. He's in so much of it. it, it it's terrific. It really shows it shows what he's capable of to <coughs> the audience. Yeah, this isn't a Christoph Waltz same performance twice. Mm-hmm. If there is a big upset, though, 
I think it's more likely to be here than an actress. I know a lot of people are like, ooh, what if Coleman upsets close? That could happen. But I just because of how much Richard E. Grant has campaigned, if we have a shocking upset, I think it's here. The only th- the only thing I'm hesitant on with that is uh, can you ever forgive me only having those three nominations against Green Book, despite the lack of the director nomination, um, we could say overperformed with that editing nomination to a certain degree. Um, and obviously the fact that it's number one or number two in Best Picture, I I want to believe, Will. I want to believe it so badly that it can happen. And I would be so happy to be wrong. So happy. But he's by far my, my, he's by far my favorite of the category, Richard E. Grant. I think when Mahershala won SAG, that to me was like, okay, this is over. Because there really was no reason for him to win that award, having just won so recently. And uh, Green Book wasn't up for ensemble. So support was kind of limited at SAG. And even him winning there told me, okay, this is just happening and there's no stopping it. Yeah, that's the moment I kind of changed my vote to. And you know, with Can You Ever Forgive Me, aside from it just having three nominations, we should note that Fox Searchlight has apparently disowned this movie and has done nothing to promote it whatsoever. Oh, well, I mean, they got the they got the favorite, you know. But not just that. Like, this movie barely got a release in theaters. It didn't really expand beyond a few art houses. And now it's uh, on demand, or where you could buy it uh, on iTunes, things like that. But it's only coming out on DVD. There's no Blu-ray. That's <gasps> Yeah. It's- no. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh. It's such a weird thing. Oh, I am not happy about that. <laughs> oh, I am not happy about that. They're having a DVD and digital, and there's no promotion. They're just sort of dropping it. They announced the release like a week and a half ago, and it's just quietly dropping. I think the whole campaign for this movie is riding on Richard E. Grant doing his own promotion. <sighs> really, have you heard anything about this movie since it got the nominations or was released? To be honest, I didn't really hear much about the movie when it got released in theaters. Uh I remember, do you guys remember when I was picking like Melissa McCarthy to win for a few weeks? Yeah, yeah. Well, right after uh, Toronto and like Telluride, it looked, you know, like this film could be in it for a Best Picture nomination. All yeah. Of stuff. And then just kind of crept to a halt. No people people were telling me people were just not passionate no about the movie. This studio Which is wasn't weird. supporting so it. Good. So, all right. Best Actress. Transition. Yalitzia Aparicio for Roma, Glenn Close for The Wife, Olivia Colman, The Favorite, Lady Gaga, A Star is Born, Melissa McCarthy, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Uh, anybody going to predict anyone to beat Glenn Close? I'm no? I'm raising my hand. Oh, wait, well, you're raising your hand? No! Okay, so this is one of those categories that has been really bugging me throughout the entire season. And... The thing about Glenn Close is that she is the only nomination for her film. And in this expanded era particularly, it's hard to win if you are the only nomination if you have competition. Even if you have an insanely overdue narrative, you kind of need there to be no competition because people like you, but they don't really like your movie. So you need to give your voters like no other option. And I understand that... Oliva Coleman winning at BAFTA makes sense because the favorite's very popular there and she's popular with that group and she hasn't been able to campaign and I because she's shooting the crown. I get all that. But there's that little voice in my head that has been telling me all season 
that that is still something that is a weak spot for Glenn Close, that she is the, her film's only nomination. And that voice just doesn't shut up. And I've gone with the pack most of the season with Glenn Close, but it, at this moment, I, I just have to listen to that instinct until I am proven wrong. So I am going with Olivia Coleman. A few quick stats to just back up. Uh, Parm for a second here. Um, there have been since 1994. That's the creation of SAG. Uh, there have been three instances where the Best Actress uh, winner at the Oscars was the only nomination for their film. That was Jessica Lange. Uh, well, actually, I'm sorry. It's, I, that's going before 1994. But that was anyway. Sorry. Uh, no, wait. Was it Jessica Lange was, was in 94? That was 94. Sorry. Sorry. Yes, you're right. 94. Thank you. So Jessica Lange in 94. Charlize Theron in 2003. And the one person that's been closely, uh, the most uh, closely, you know, I, I keep I keep doing a wordplay here with Close and Glenn Close and everything. Uh, the person that's been tied the most to Glenn Close's narrative, Julianne Moore in 2014. That's only three instances that this has happened. Now, working in Close's favor, though, is the fact that if she loses, she will be the biggest living Oscar loser for acting. I do not think that people want that to happen. I, 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 like Albert Finney, God rest his soul, just, you know, passed away recently. And a lot of people were commenting on how it's really, really shitty that he never got his due with the Academy and got a win. As far as I'm concerned, Glenn Close won the Oscar the second she gave that Golden Globe speech. Yeah. Yep. I just Look, watched The I, Wife I again yesterday. It. I saw it in theaters back in September and was just absolutely blown away by her. Like the movie for what it was. Watched it again yesterday. Not only did the movie improve for me, I actually liked the movie quite a bit. Uh, I just think she's absolutely undeniable. For me, it's the second best performance of the year behind Emily Blunt and Mary Poppins, which was nominated. So I think this is the best at the Oscars that they have to offer personally. And I think she's just working that circuit in a way that she absolutely needs to do. She won SAG, which is very telling. But again, that Golden Globe speech, it all comes back to that. That was a moment. That was an audition, and people were remembering that she exists, and she has this movie, and that we could do it this year. Uh, one more quick comparison. In 2007, uh, like Glenn Close, Julie Christie won Critics' Choice, Golden Globe, and SAG. But she lost the Oscar to the other Golden Globe winner and the BAFTA winner, Marion Cotillard. The difference, though, between those two scenarios, uh, the one that we have today and that one, is that Julie Christie had already won an Oscar before. And she was going for a second. And Cody Yard was campaigning very heavily in those last few weeks. Right. Now, the Golden Globe-BAFTA combination has been big for certain people in the past. Uh, Nicole Kidman did it with The Hours. Kate Winslet did it with The Reader. Um, although that was, that was special because she won supporting at Globes. And Meryl in 2011, famously, for The Iron Lady. So I, I don't want to discount... The, the chance that Coleman could win here. I don't want to do that. But statistically speaking, I think the odds do favor Close. Oh, absolutely. And look, I get it. I understand that Glenn Close is in a very, very strong position to win. And she is the consensus uh, pick among people for the predictions. I totally understand that. This is just one of those situations for me where... Like, just like I said, there's that little voice inside of me that has been with me this entire season that has constantly doubted how far she can go. And it might be just one of those things where until I am actually disproven, 
that is when I can change my thinking. But at this point, I just can't shut that voice up. So I, you know, I, I will more than likely see a Glenn Close victory, but I still can't ignore the gut in, instinct that I have that's telling me Coleman is much stronger in this race than people give her credit. Anybody else changing their minds based on Josh's, uh, you know, plea? I think it's close, but I don't think it's close. Okay. You mean you don't think it's not close? I think it's Glenn close, but I don't think it's a close race. But is it close for close or close? Uh, <laughs> God right. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Best actor. Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born, Willem Dafoe in Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. Oh, yeah. I finally caught up with At Eternity's Gate this past week, and he is legitimately great in that. But oh my God, is that movie a snooze? Yeah, yeah I was not a fan when I saw it at NYFF either. I don't, I, I get why some people like it, but you know. He's phenomenal. I, I yeah, he's no, he's great. Oscar, maybe the next time he's nominated, he has a narrative going for him. But it's not going to happen this year. And Rami Malek is a man on a mission who has won pretty much everything under the sun. He has done the uh, Eddie Redmayne. Uh, he got Golden Globe, BAFTA, and SAG. Um, and like that year where Michael Keaton won Critics' Choice and the other Golden Globe, that person this year is Christian Bale. Uh, another person that was like that was George Clooney for The Descendants losing out the other three to Jean Dujardin, who won the Oscar. So, yes, I, I, I definitely think that you have to pick Malik here. Um, it's also telling, too, that a lot of the um, anonymous Oscar ballots that we've been hearing about all seem to be uniformly behind Malik. Uh, I haven't heard any dissenters anywhere. And this is leading me to believe that despite the Critics' Choice and Golden Globe wins for Christian Bale, I actually don't think he's number two here. I actually think Cooper is number two in a <laughs> in a Denzel Washington training day scenario or an Adrian Brody scenario. Yeah, Cooper sort of came back a little bit. Uh, Bale hasn't been campaigning as much. And Cooper sort of made that name for himself after the director snub. But it's not Did be Cooper come back, though? Because I feel like I've just seen him getting dragged for like. Well, I don't know that it's been successfully, but he's been out there doing things. You know, he had that interview where he said he was embarrassed about missing a nomination and the Internet was just just. But that's the Internet. That's the Internet, though. I don't think that's the industry. I, I genuinely do believe that the industry itself has a twinge of sympathy for the guy. Uh, maybe not enough to give him the win. No. Not like in a Ben Affleck Argo scenario. There was a moment at BAFTA last Sunday. I was watching uh, when Rami Malek won Best Actor. They called his name, he gets up, and Spike Lee, who was sitting about two rows behind him, stands up and starts applauding and cheering. It was like his oh, yeah. child had just won. And they like gave each other a huge hug. They looked like they were best friends. And Spike was like standing for a majority of the speech. He looked like he was like overwhelmed, which I couldn't believe. It looked like they had become very, very close, and people in that room were cheering him on. Yeah, every time he walks into a room, people just adore him. So I mean, you can make an argument that whether or not Bradley Cooper and Christian Bale are number two, but I don't think it really matters because I think I mean, Malik has this sewn up. The only thing that could have derailed Malik that didn't catch enough fire was that he refused to publicly decry Brian Singer's involvement with the film. 
even when asked about it by people. He like danced around it and would not publicly acknowledge the questions that were being asked of him. Yeah, but that just has not caught up to him. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I kept yeah. using that. I, that was my reason for predicting against him at SAG, and I didn't predict him at BAFTAs, and I just have to be resigned to the fact that I just don't think it matters, unfortunately. Yeah, the, no, the not anymore. The in industry are separating Brian Singer from that movie. They shouldn't. But that is clearly what they're doing with how they feel about that film and what they want to reward uh, for that movie. And let's be clear, everybody, I think, well, not everybody, but most people were on board with Malik uh, for this movie. Even when the first initial reviews dropped and people were like, yeah, I don't like the movie and screw Brian Singer, but Malik is good, you know? Yeah. And then, like, like, like we said, then there started to become this narrative where, when Bohemian won a Globe and, uh, you know, elsewhere, and Malik started getting these questions about, oh, can you tell us about, like, you know, what led to Brian Singer uh, no longer be involved with the film, or oh, how do you feel about the recent accusations against Brian Singer? And Malik just—it's very s- simple what he needed to do. And it would have helped him more so. And I think that is the only thing that's giving me just a smallest bit of doubt. However, you were you were all right. I acknowledge it. It hasn't caught on in a mainstream big way. People don't seem to care. They should care, but they don't. This is just going to be one of those ones we look back on a week later, forget about 10 years later, and we're like, what were we thinking? It's... Is really upsetting to me. <laughs> At the Oscars this year, there will be no absence of Malik. Oh god! Oh god! Wow! 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 We are killing it with the puns right now. Moving on. <laughs> uh, all right, best director: Spike Lee, Black Klansman, Powell Palakowski for Cold War, Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite, Alfonso Cuarón for Roma, and Adam McKay for Vice. Cuarón, 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 Cuarón. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yep. Sort of. <laughs> well, okay. What do you think? I, I am predicting him. I think he has all that it takes, and I think he will win the second Oscar. But there's that thing in the back of my mind that says, oh, okay, well, what if they do decide to give it to Spike here in addition to screenplay? It's just a thought. I don't think that has ever happened. Um, no, it has never happened. Where, you know, Critics' Choice, Golden Globe, BAFTA, DGA, and then lose the Oscar. Right. Yeah. The, the closest, uh, it has never happened, but yeah, the things clo- have happened. The closest like giving best picture is to the Ang- wrong movie and then giving it to Moonlight. Yeah, the closest is Ang Lee. Well, okay. I I heard that, Michael. <laughs> uh, the closest that you could come to is Ang Lee for Crouching Tiger because he won Globe, DGA, and BAFTA and lost the Oscar, but he he didn't have Critics' Choice. Right. So, I I you know it's interesting too because. They did just give Alejandro Gonzalez Ingari to back to back. So this isn't like unheard of, you know, that Alfonso Corwin would be winning five years later, his second. And for let's let's be let's be honest, a totally different type of film, a totally different type of achievement. Oh, yeah. You know, like if it's if this had been another visual effects type of movie like Gravity, I would be more hesitant. And speaking of Ingari, I think that's why he won, because, you know. They were completely different in scope and scale and like theme. Mm-hmm. So nothing else left to discuss here other than best picture. Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Will, what is going to be the next best picture Oscar winner? 
Bohemian Raps. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Yo. Miss Crucial pick, uh, Director in Editing Nominations, I think it's been Roma. Roma has run an astounding campaign this year, and though it has a few dissenters, it certainly doesn't seem to have them in the way Green Book does. You know, like, I, I, I think this is it. Michael? I am not 100% confident in my choice here. I think it's still between two films. But I, too, am predicting Roma to win Best Picture at the 91st Academy Awards. Liam? Um, yeah, I think the preferential ballot is is actually advantageous to Roma because I think a lot of the other films on here, in fact, all of them, are more divisive. You either love them or hate them. Whereas even if you don't love Roma, you can appreciate it as a, a massive technical achievement. So it's going to rank high on everyone's ballots, and that's why I think it'll win. I think there's also... Um... Uh, like a little bit of a this kind of, we heard this happen a bit with 12 years of slave right where people were picking it to win best picture even if they hadn't seen it or even if they didn't think it was the best but just because they felt like they needed to pick it um i i wonder if because of just the masterpiece level of praise that roma has received throughout the year from so many people overwhelmingly so it's like the universe is basically compelling people to begrudgingly be like, okay, yes, I acknowledge that this is fine. Okay, whatever, you know? Um, so maybe there's a little bit of that happening. But Cody, what do you think? I'm thinking Roma. Um, yeah, I, 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 I was on the Black Klansman train from nomination day just because I think it hit everywhere it needed to that morning. But it has yet to win anything, really. <laughs> so, yeah, I have to go with Roma. The fact that Marina Di Tavara got in is also really just, I mean, that's minor, but it shows their support across the board for this movie. Josh Parm. I'm glad you saved me for last, Matt. Well, there was a reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So here's the thing. I completely understand that Roma has had just such an overwhelming base of support, and it's won a ton. I get that. But Roma still has a lot of stuff to overcome. You still have the fact that it is a foreign language film that's never and that's never won before. There is still the streaming bias, which I think is, you know, it can maybe overcome in some other categories. But if it's a closer race like Best Picture, that might mean something. And speaking of that preferential ballot, the only film so far that has won using that system is Green Book. And I, I realize that PGA isn't 100% predictive, but I do think that if Roma was this runaway favorite, why did it not win on, at PGA? And why did it lose to a movie that supposedly is so divisive like Green Book is? And I think Green Book is a movie that film Twitter doesn't really like, but I don't think that affects the industry that much. I think that there are people that genuinely like it, and quite frankly, after the last couple of years, there might be some people thinking we've been doing politically minded best picture winners. Let's go to something that is just fun and light and we just like. So this might change after WGA. But for right now, I am saying Green Book is going to win best picture. So um, I get your argument about it has a lot of hurdles to overcome Netflix. Um black and white, foreign, but I would argue or posit that Green Book has as big a hurdle, if not bigger, 
in the director miss. I think that's something that, you know, in the past 91 years, you really have to take into strong consideration. I mean, the know, la- the, when when a movie wins without director, it's, all, it's usually inevitable. You know, Argo or Drive Miss Daisy, those felt inevitable. This feels less so. I know things are but, different with the ballot, but... But the problem that I think, and I think there's actually something that um, maybe the internet can actually take some responsibility for is that everybody kept saying, well, Peter Fairley is never going to get nominated for director. It doesn't matter. He's never going to be a factor. And that narrative has now made it seem like, well, you can like Green Book and it doesn't really matter if Peter Fairley gets nominated or not. I think had he been nominated, it would have been a bigger help to the film. But there's already kind of a feeling that you can like all these aspects of the movie and it doesn't really matter that Peter Farrelly isn't there. So I think the love for the movie is there regardless of, uh, of it having a director nomination or not. Let's be very clear about something uh, when looking at all of these nominees here. The only three films that have everything from a nomination standpoint to win are Black Klansman, The Favorite, and Vice. And other than... Klansmen, the other two just don't seem likely uh, to win in the end. Now, I could see an argument if you want to say Rachel Weisz is winning supporting actress, the film's winning screenplay, it's going to win tech. The favorite could do well on preferential for all we know. Um, I don't think the favorite would do well on preferential. But I'm just saying for all we know, uh, you know, at that point. I'm just saying, let's not rule out like anything necessarily here, because another thing I'm leaning a little bit more towards uh, more than ever before is Black Panther. It has SAG Ensemble. It, I know it doesn't have writing, directing, or acting. I understand that. But we are predicting it to win some other categories below the line. And I think... I think in a year like this, where there's so many factors working against all the other films, on a preferential ballot, couldn't that help benefit a film like Black Panther? Even without the nominations like director, acting, editing, things like that, if we were using a traditional ballot, like they did before the expanded mm-hmm. era, I actually think Black Panther, or Black Panther would stand a chance of winning yeah. Best Picture. But... Under preferential, I'm not so sure. Yeah, it's my number eight, most likely, personally. I, I have to also, and listen, I, I just did uh, a thing where I just advocated for Black Panther. Now I'm going to say something against it. I do think that based on the nominations <laughs> received, it got into Best Picture by the skin of its teeth. I want to also just throw this out there, too, and I hate this. You guys have heard me say this before. Spotlight will forever be the bane of my existence. Uh, because of the fact that it proved that in this new era with the preferential ballot, you can win one award like screenplay and still win Best Picture. And I definitely think there is a world where Black Klansmen could still do that. Yeah, it, it could. And Absolutely. the fact that it does have all of that stuff, like you said, it would kind of be the one winner that after it happens, we'd be like, oh, well, of course oh, it was duh. Black Klansman yeah. because <laughs> it had all the stuff that it needed to win. But exactly. then why has it not won, like even Spotlight did, which won Critics' Choice and SAG Ensemble? Why couldn't Black Klansman win a single thing anywhere else? And that's what's... Because Black Klansman probably would have won SAG if not for Black Panther, which was too big to, mm. to deny. Maybe. I was going to say, the only thing I can kind of figure out with the preferential ballot is that the villain will never win. And I think that's going to continue this year. Interesting. That's what I think too, Will. That's a really good way to put it. 
it, it just you know like it is never going to choose twitter's least favorite film because that love that distaste will be reflected elsewhere so it's either Klansman or it's panther or it's roma it is not green book under this system. wow and spotlight shows that moonlight shows that you know like a gravity you know there was some hate against gravity at the last minute because it looked like it might be 12 years a slave like the villain doesn't win the revenant i like that will i like that I a lot that but the question is how many people in the academy think it is the villain quote unquote Oh, no. I mean, like, there's definitely something to be said for that. Uh, But I think there's also something to be said for the fact that um, when you have hundreds of thousands of people on a social media platform that, granted, we're not in the academy. Uh, However, there are some people in the industry that are on Twitter, and I'm sure they see the noise. You know, there have been. They can't. No, it gets covered in variety. You have to believe that that does enter the subconscious mind of a Seth Rogen, or I don't know why I chose Seth Rogen, but you know, like I'm just saying. (laughs) 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 Well, I'll tell you, there is one example of a producer I know who really doesn't like this movie, and that's Jordan Horowitz. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing: he's a producer, okay, and I'm sure. He ranked it pretty low at PGA, yet it won the PGA on a preferential ballot. But also, too, how many years now has PGA not lined up with Oscar? Exactly. I, I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's not impossible for this to win on preferential. Like, in the preferential years, PGA is becoming a less reliable predictor, and DGA is still where it's at, in my opinion. I'm not saying that PGA is the end-all, be-all here, but it's just the fact that it proved that Green Book can win on a preferential ballot, even if there are people who put it toward the bottom. I think yeah, they're offset I, by I the think, people who passionately love it, which there are many. I think that the divisive nature on Green Book is mainly a Twitter thing. I do not think this movie is nearly as polarizing as we believe it to be. And wasn't there just something about how Spielberg has like kind of been campaigning? Yeah, yeah. Spielberg multiple times has like a copy at he had a copy at home before it even was released, and he called it the best buddy film since uh, Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy and the Sunday yeah. Here's here's another thing I also want to say too. Um, when looking at all the nominees, I think this is very important. Um, you see Black Panther, you see Black Klansman, you know, yada, yada. You just keep going down the list, right? Um, I've been finding that a very helpful way to figure this stuff out is to ask yourself. What kind of person puts um, Bohemian Rhapsody at number one? And as a result, what would be like, in terms of like taste, if you're generalizing here, uh, what would be the two and three? And I do think there are more nominees in this group uh, that theoretically their two and threes could more likely go to Roma than to Green Book. Like the type of person that votes for the favorite probably also has Roma ranked pretty high. You know what? That's a really interesting thing. Let's take a look. Of the Best Picture nominees, mm-hmm. taking uh, Green Book and Roma out of it, obviously, of the remaining six, right? what do you think would be ranked higher? Not necessarily, not necessarily number two, but what do you think is ranked above the other, Roma or Green Book, for each of the films? Right. So, like, Black Klansman. I think if you were for Black Klansman as your number one, next in line somewhere would be Roma. Roma. I agree. Yeah. 
The way Green Book handles its racial uh, storyline is the polar opposite of Black Klansmen. So I don't see a world where if you're ranking Black, Kla- Black Klansmen number one, that you have uh, Roma, I'm sorry, uh, Green Book near the top. That doesn't make sense to me. And I think the same would go for Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Then you have A Star is Born. And I think if you have A Star is Born 1, a lot of people are more likely to have a Green Book. I disagree with you, Michael. I think that is also going to be a Roma pick. I don't, I mean, to be honest, I think that whole kind of line of thinking can get really flawed sometimes because now you're talking about like just generalizations of what you think one person who likes one movie might think of another sure. one. And True. you you can kind of lose the forest for the trees, I think, for that one. But we're also talking about a scenario where Roma does not win on the first round. No. I think Roman. I, I, don't, I don't think it will. I mean, I think it has enough people who respect it more than love it that it's it's going to have to to fight its way through that second round. But here's the problem, though. I think if it does go to multiple rounds, I have a very, very big feeling that favors uh, Green Book. That, that's what I'm thinking, too. I think Roman needs to win on the first round if it's going to do it. Right. Because I do think the Netflix biasness will be there. There will also be the people that will say, oh, I'll pick this in four and I'll leave my best picture uh, choice for something else. And then the people who say it was too slow and boring. Right. Whereas yeah, with you know, Green Book, I know some people on Twitter don't like it. But outside of that, people go to see this movie and leave feeling very, very good. Even if they didn't like what came before it, you had the Christmas scene at the end and people are going to walk out some, some of them going, oh, that was wonderful. Ask and yourself this question. What is more likely? Green Book winning Best Picture with just Ali or Green Book winning Best Picture with Ali and screenplay? I mean, I'm predicting the latter, but because we have two different methods of picking the winners for these categories, either one could happen. Right. Uh, I think Green Book is a very, very strong possibility here. I'm going with Roma just based on what I've seen and what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to do well in the first round. But if they call out Green Book as Best Picture winner, I will not be surprised in the least whatsoever. And now I don't want to... I don't want to get anyone's blood going, uh, but I do have to bring this up. We're predicting Bohemian Rhapsody to win a couple of awards, including Best Actor. Yeah, literally a couple. And Best Actor has been tied to Best Picture winners a lot in the past. And it is the Golden Globe drama winner for Best Picture. Could, are we all thinking the wrong thing here in thinking Green Book is the film that benefits on multiple rounds of voting? And it could be the crowd pleaser that everybody seems to be going nuts over for Bohemian Rhapsody. No, I don't no, know. I, I, I truly know. We know that people in the industry, some people in the industry do hate that. Like, it's not just a Twitter thing, you know, like. I understand that. But then why are we picking it to win sound editing an actor? Well, The Revenant had those exact same stats, not sound, but it, you know, one actor. <laughs> handily and won the globe for drama and i mean movies that don't win best picture win multiple oscars all the time gravity grand budapest hotel mad max fairy road and like <sighs> i just want to prepare us for like because honestly i feel like this season in general has been the season that like expect the unexpected because i never in my wildest dreams ever would have imagined that golden globes night to go down the way that it did and it did. And for Bohemian Rhapsody to keep performing the way that it did with getting the SAG Ensemble nomination and in winning these Guild Awards now, I'm just like, holy shit. Like, this is like, I have to take this as seriously as Black Panther or 
honestly, maybe not as much as Klansman because Klansman has broader support, obviously. But it's going to win the Whiplash Awards. Did you ever think Whiplash was a threat to win Best Picture? Well, an acting award, editing, and sound mixing. You know, like uh, that did not mean Whiplash was anywhere near in it to win it for picture. Yeah, that at least had a screenplay nomination. Even that's that's very true. That's fair. I, yeah, this this is Roma Green Book with the slight possibility of Klansman. You don't even think Pan presented to not, not on a preferential. OK. All right. So let me just do the rundown one more time. We're all going Roma except Josh Parm. I got this correct. Yes. Seems like it. Yep. OK. And we're all willing to flip. It seems like <laughs> I mean, I'm listen, I'm ready to flip the minute WGA announces today. And if Green Book wins screenplay. Uh, I don't know. I might change it. My, I, you know what, though? But to be honest, and I said this last year, I said this with Shape of Water last year when I was torn between that get out and three billboards, what to go with. And this was something I kept coming back to. Um, stats did help me last year with Shape of Water being a PGA, DGA and Critics Choice uh, winner. That that was a factor. Right. But another factor here was the gut instinct that when you take a look at all the best picture winners from all time, right? And you look at things like Casablanca, The Godfather, um, you know, uh, I was actually about to say La La Land. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. For about three minutes. Oh, yeah. I'm going crazy. Um, but you look at like some of the best, best picture winners of all time. Of these nominees, Roma is the one that 50 years from now, we'll look back the same way we look back at Lawrence of Arabia and we'll say, that's one of the best, best picture winners of all time. Yeah, but Matt, I think at the same time, we see pendulum swings all the time with the Academy. You know, this isn't new. They'll pick daring best picture winners and then they'll go kind of, you know, down the line, milk toast, uh, kind of very bland, you know. And I understand Green Book has its fans even among the site, but you know, the, the notion that they would pass up a movie movie that could be considered an all-time great for something that they just like in the moment is not something that is completely unrealistic for the academy to do okay one other thing roma leads with the most nominations historically speaking that has been actually a very good correlation to a best picture win as well even recently not so much recently not so much not so much recently last year yeah, <laughs> yeah not so much recently but yeah it's been it's been helpful. It definitely in the years before the preferential ballot, having the most nominations meant something. Right, but the preferential ballot has changed everything, so that doesn't count. I know, I know. I just wanted uh, fine. All right, I'm just trying. Listen, I want to convince myself. I'm I'm talking like this to try to ultimately convince myself that picking Roma is smart. It it's going to win director. It's going to win cinematography, foreign language, and it's going to make history. I don't know. That to, I, mean, look, Matt, yeah. I would tell you that picking Roma is smart. I mean, because clearly a movie that's won this much leading up to the Oscars is a smart thing to do. Um, I'm just saying that there is also a possibility that that movie might be a bit more divisive than we are giving it credit. And I think that Green Book is a legitimate film that could win this because people do like it. And the fact that it is so far the only movie that has one on a preferential ballot should not be discounted either. So one thing I will say uh, to Josh's point is that 
you know, like the industry clearly really likes the movie and film Twitter clearly really likes the movie. That being said, you know, I, I, I it comes up in conversation around this time of year with some regularity with like random people who aren't in the industry, but they, they know I love film and they want to talk about just, oh, what do you think's winning best picture? And without fail, every person who's not either part of the industry or on film Twitter has said either, oh God, I couldn't finish Roma or, oh, I thought it was so bad. So it will be interesting to see if any of those type people are among the Academy's body. Just everyday the same people are the ones eating up Green Book and putting it as number one, not just because they think it's an entertaining movie, but because for a lot of people who I've talked to, believe it or not, see it as the socially relevant pick in one way or another. Wait, for Green Book? Yes, for Green Book. Oh, man, I, I'm sorry, but everything that's going on with the wall right now in Mexico, I think Remember that's Roma. Remember Harris had that whole comment about like the, like the well-meaning middle-aged like baby boomer white liberal? Like it's the kind of movie they used to have a lot of and they feel like they, they don't. And so it's the one that that group of people who also felt like they were being progressive by voting for Crash uh, kind of rallied behind. And he apparently had talked to a lot of those people who were kind of in his age group. Mm. Whether you think it's okay to have the message or not in 2018 and 2019, Green Book essentially is a movie about people coming together through their differences to learn from one another. And that might be a dated trope for some, but for a lot of people, that's what some want to see. Okay. Well, with that said, I'm ready to put a cap on it. Anyone want to make any last-minute changes or have any final thoughts? Keep an eye on our Twitter accounts this week, I would say, because there yeah. might be some back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I'm try to keep these locked important. in as best I can. Um, I'm going to make one quick change right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, no, no. I, sorry, but I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> uh, I, I am going to switch over to um, in best original score. I am going to switch my pick from Beale Street to... Uh, to panfer hey yay welcome it's a good score it'll be good all right um i got nothing else to add or nothing else to change i am all set you guys good oh yeah um good is a relative term but sure (laughs) (laughs) i don't feel well but i am good uh we will be delivering an instant oscar reaction uh podcast which will be short it'll be about maybe 30 minutes or so but just to give um our initial reactions you know if we're upset if we're happy you know how did the night go so on and so forth and then we'll be back a week later uh to deliver a more thoughtful analysis of the show how we thought it ran um and then also too we'll be announcing our own mvp film award Award winners in a week's time here on the next best picture podcast thank you so much everyone uh for this entire award season it was a doozy i'm glad it's shorter next year like that's the one academy change i'm really hyped about yeah i don't want to undersell it this has been the worst lead up to the oscars i've ever experienced in my <laughs> lifetime it seems like nobody cares by this point they just want it to be over you know usually people are like oh shit it's oscar time and now it's kind of like when does Captain Marvel come out again? <laughs> well, uh, Oscar night is one week away. Uh, so was my birthday. Uh, so that's going to be fun, you know, to be able to celebrate uh, two things that I value most in this world, my life and movies. And they're kind of interchangeable. So there you go. Uh, righty. Will, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Mavericks Movies. Michael Schwartz. On Twitter at MSchwartz95. Josh Parm. 
On Twitter at J.R. Parham. Cody Derricks. On Twitter and Letterboxd at CodyMonster91. Check out my horror podcast, Halloweeners at Halloweeners Pod. Liam Heffernan. You can find me on Twitter at This Is That. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Be on the lookout, everyone. Uh, some final Oscar predictions articles are coming in this next week. Uh, there will also be a contest to predict the winners as well. And a couple of other things to look out for. Uh, nextbestpicture.com thank you so much everyone for this award season we will see you after the oscars have announced their winners oh you can subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud google play stitcher tune player fm acast Castbox, and newly on spotify be sure to leave us a review on apple Podcasts. let us know what you think of the show we really appreciate your feedback anything you can write as far as a comment goes or leave us five stars it helps us to get recognized and seen out there so we really really appreciate that we also would appreciate if you can head on over to our patreon page where for one dollar minimum a month you can get some exclusive podcast content from us Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you once again, as always. We shall see you all next time.